Hey, how's it going? My name is Lockie. Welcome back to Indie Music Diaries. It's casual conversations with real musicians. And we have a real musician on the podcast today. His name is Brendan Hamilton. And it's so great to have another guest on the podcast. And I'm exceptionally excited for this one because these episodes are fun because I've never spoken to Brendan before. Um, a bunch of the artists that I've had on the podcast already have sort of been people that I know, like, you know, sort of in my musical community, my musical circle. Obviously, you know, the early episodes are going to be like that, just sort of with the people you know. But Brendan was someone that that hit me up online and, um, you know, I've had a few guests like that. And and not only is it, is it exciting for that, so it's like an all very organic podca- podcast in the way that like I'm learning with the audience, with the listener as well. Um, but also he's quite early in his journey in terms of his current artist journey. He explains he's been in a number of bands throughout the years and and he's doing this singer-songwriter thing now and the content that he's putting up, it's really organic, it's really, really raw and he's on the verge of recording some stuff, releasing some stuff, which is exciting. So it's always cool to speak to an artist early on in that journey because I think it's cool as well when you like – when you go on and then you can sort of like in retrospect look back on sort of, um, you know, where you've come from. So it'll be exciting talking to him now and then, you know, who knows where he'll end up. He um, he seems like a really, really talented and motivated guy as well. So hopefully you enjoy this podcast and um, hopefully you are staying safe wherever you are. I mean, here in Australia, unfortunately, I think it's all of Greater Sydney and Melbourne are currently in lockdown, which is essentially half our population. I don't even know, but it's a lot of people. And uh, lockdown here has been extended for another couple of weeks, unfortunately. But um, doesn't stop the podcast. That's the thing. Nothing can shut down the podcast unless like the whole internet was to shut down. But um, Indie Music Diaries is here to keep your company um, don't forget the debut EP, man. The debut EP is out. It's um, it's been out for a few weeks now. Crush on you, my debut EP. It's got four tracks on it. It's um, you'll you'll love it if you're a fan of like the Strokes, Arctic Monkeys, that that sort of, that's those were the bands that I was into when I was younger, and that's that's the music that really inspired this this EP. So. Um, would so appreciate it if you wanted to check that out. Um, and of course, the guest that we have on today, Brendan, Brendan Hamilton, does already have one single out on streaming services. And of course, all of his links will be linked down in the description of this podcast. But let's jump into the episode right now, guys. Enough rattling on. It's Lockie and Brendan Hamilton on the Indie Music Diaries. Joining me for today's episode of Indie Music Diaries, his name is Brendan Hamilton. How's it going, Brendan? Very good. First time we've been talking. I haven't been talking for five minutes or so, have we? Oh, that, <laughs> that's it. And, 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 you know, I was thinking about this just before. And this is my favorite sort of type of podcast to do because, um, yeah, you hit me up just like a few days ago. And yeah. I hadn't really, like, I hadn't seen, like, your name before. And that's the most exciting because... Uh, to be honest, like a lot of the guests that I've had had on have been like sort of musical friends, like artists that I've met sort yeah. of like along the way. But you, this is brand new. So this is going to be very organic. Um, so like I'm going to be discovering a lot about sort of you and your process for when it comes to music, which um, which should be exciting. So hopefully it, hopefully it makes for a good chat. Um, but let's jump into it, sort of how you got started in music. Where did that start for you? And what has your journey through music looked like up until this point? Yeah, right. So it probably 
we go all the way back and I, I won't talk forever, but uh, it probably started about the age of five. Like mum wanted me to play piano and I was like, cool. I honestly can't really remember what I was thinking at the age of five, but I just recall, you know, learning piano and then having to do like the bloody performance in front of all the other students uh, at the end of the year that the, the teacher put on. And I remember just, I think mum said, just, you know, just get through that and then you know, and then she said, you can quit if you want. And so mm. I quit. Um, so I can quit piano. And then a few years later, I think I, I started learning clarinet and my brother got to learn the saxophone and I was like forever jealous because the clarinet I thought was kind of lame and the sax was really cool. Mm. And uh, yeah, did that for about a year, um, played at band camp, um, <laughs> legit. And then, um, yeah quit that and uh but it, it didn't really sort of start for me until it's probably about I don't know the age of 11 or something or 10 and I went to a, a friend's uh, uh party a birthday party sleepover for the weekend I think he just invited every guy in the in the whole class and mm. um despite like regardless of how socially awkward you might be so um yeah I go to this party and his brother has a drum kit I didn't know much about drums but I remember just patiently waiting um, while everyone else got to, you know, hit the drums first. And I'm just standing there thinking, I, I think I like this. And I got on the kit and, uh, you know, his brother told me, show, show me how to play like a 4-4 four, four beat. Mm. And I think I sort of, you know, most people, when you show them how to do a 4-4 four, four beat, they kind of can get the hats and the snare, but maybe not the kick with yeah. it. And so I kind of was like that. But I think I just like persisted with it for the rest of the uh, party and uh, pretty much ignored everyone and, and learned how to play a 4-4 beat while all the other kids were probably off, you know, playing, you know, party games. I was like being a widow and playing the drums. And I think I remember when dad picked me up um, at the end of it all, I think I remember saying, oh, dad, dad, you know, I learned the drums, blah, 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 blah. And uh, can I have a drum kit? And I remember him saying no. Um, so mm. I think I, I think when I got home, I probably pestered mum for a while and she's sort of more of the musician. And I think she sort of, you know, felt sorry for me and said, yeah, you can learn the drums. And, but I think I really, yeah, that's what really sparked it for me. But I think mum really wanted me to, to find music because like I unfortunately was born with a neurological disorder that I inherited from my mum. And basically, that's not her fault, but um, basically just means that I've got terrible feet. They're really weak. Um, and uh, yeah, sport was always very difficult. So I think she really wanted me to find music and, you know, piano and clarinet didn't quite work, but drums did. And then after that, I just got obsessed with music and I would read all the music magazines and, you know, find all the bands, listen to Triple J. And then a few years later, I started learning guitar and... Mm. Yeah, that's kind of like how it sort of all started for me. Nice. Yeah, it's that's interesting. You're not you don't often hear a lot of sort of um, you know singer songwriters start off like yeah. So that's a, quite an interesting journey. You sort of almost gone backwards there in a way. Sort of yeah. Started so piano, drums, and then ended up working your way to where you are now with the vocals and the guitar. Seems to would you say that the guitar is sort of your main instrument at the moment? That's at least what it seems oh, yeah. to be on social media. Yeah. Look, I love the drums, but when I um, not trying to flex on anyone, but when I bought my house, um, I just thought, God, I don't want to annoy my neighbors. Um, mm. <laughs> and as soon as I met like one of my neighbors, I, I met her and, you know, after a few 
you know, minutes. I asked her what she does and she said she's a, a nurse, she's a shift worker. And I thought, well, that's the end of the drums. So, yeah, um, yeah unless I want to buy like a, you know, a proper electric drum kit because I've had cheap ones before and they're just horrible. But unless I was to spend, you know, a couple of grand on a good kit, I'm mm. like, that's the end of the drums for now. So mate, it's, mo- it's mostly pretty much being guitar and, and trying to become a decent vocalist, which is a challenge. Mm, nice man nice and you've at this point now where you're starting this this solo career and and tell me about this sort of like how you got started um with sort of brendan hamilton as an artist uh were you in sort of band like after you sort of had that experience with the drums were you in bands through like you know as you're getting older sort of just playing with different people or have you always sort of just been a solo artist and and yeah when did this journey start for you sort of taking yeah starting this solo project by yourself yeah man so if you were to hop on youtube and and google broadway mile you'd you'd see a video a couple of videos and uh you'd see a video called now you know and that's me on the drums and that's like the majority of music that i've played in my past i'm like i find a bit cringe but like some of that broadway mile stuff i think is actually like pretty good um, if I can say so myself, I think now, you know, it's a good song. And in the video, it looks like I'm not wearing pants, but I was wearing chinos and it was like a black and white video. I think like the, one of the first comments I got was like, where are your pants? But no, I was wearing <laughs> pants. Like, so yeah, I was wearing pants. It's a, it's a very low quality video, but I think the, the recording quality is quite good. So that's quite, that's sort of how it. Like I'd played in bands before that, but that was sort of the first time I really had a go. And like, mm-hmm. we tried to become famous and we, we failed horribly, but yeah that's kind of how it started and that band you know eventually kind of just faded away we never had some dramatic breakup we never even announced that we were breaking up on social media we just kind of couldn't find you know we lost members struggled to replace them you know being in a band's tough and after a while i think we slowly just got sick of it and um you know stopped that uh so that band kind of faded away and then yeah, I went to uni and sold my soul and did a law degree. And I think in the last year or two, I just desperately wanted to have an outlet. Like studying was just so like soul crushing at times for me, like just sitting down at the desk and reading and studying and being a law student, just, Mm. oh my God. So I needed an outlet and um, yeah, man, I just started writing again. I'd found it really hard to write since the band broke up, but then I think all it takes is just, you just got to, if there's a, if I've, I've found in the past, if I've had a songwriting drought, it just takes like one, one idea to pop in your head. Something's got to just stir that creativity. And, 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 and that happened for me. And I wrote a song and I was like, I actually really like this song. And then just kept writing and was terrible at singing. And that's probably been the biggest challenge for me. It's just this vocal transformation because I'm not natural. Like I'm, puberty wrecked my vocals man like when i mm, when i same, hit puberty same, i was yeah. like i used i was like super high voice and then puberty hit me and i was like every time i would raise my voice at the you know, in the school playground my voice would just like break like <laughs> man, i sounded like yeah man it was so bad like oh, wow. so yeah puberty's to blame for if, if i ever hit a bad note just yeah that's where I'm, I'm blaming people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, I had a similar experience with my vocals too because that was something that sort of came later on the process for me. It sounds like a very similar journey. I was sort of getting interested yeah. in all these different instruments and then vocals came up along the way. And and so for the songwriting thing as well, were you ever writing songs? Well, um, what was the name of the band that, that you were in again? Broadway something? Broadway Mile. 
Broadway Mile, yeah. Were you like writing songs in that band or like were you ever writing songs before you did this law degree or were you sort of, you know, churning away or doing this law degree, getting into sort of that world and then, and then you sort of had that desire to do something a bit more creative and then you started writing songs? Or, you yeah, know. man. So I was co-writing a lot of the music in Broadway Mile. I can see in, like in retrospect, I can see why it would have been irritating at times because I'm this drummer who you know, we'd be jamming a song and then I'd be like, hey guys, I have an idea. And I'd be like, how about we play it like this? And they're like, sweet, let's do that then. And like, I think I sort of have a way of, I'll join a project and I don't really want to take control, but then I sort of end up taking control and then um, it gets legs and it kind of, you know, we, we achieve various things. We'll record an EP and We'll go somewhere but and then i think people end up just getting to me because i just end up doing everything mm. i think that's kind of how it, like it's been like every single band i've been in that's basically what's happened like i end up just kind of taking control and then people get sick of that and then everyone kind of quits yeah and so right. here i am like <laughs> now i'm like well yeah so i love writing music i can never really i was terrible at singing a few years ago i'm not as bad now and so yeah man i didn't really want to sing the songs that I was writing but I literally just couldn't find any vocalists that you know I really liked that really wanted to work with me so I just was like well someone's got to sing these songs I guess I'm gonna I guess I'm gonna sing them so here we are yeah that's that man that's that's so similar with, with me I was writing I was in so many bands sort of growing up through my teen years and through my 20s and had you know other people singing these songs that I'd written and yeah, I just got to the point where I was like, hey, what if I just did this myself? And it, yeah, it's that tricky thing of sort of, uh, you know, if you're not necessarily naturally talented when it comes to the vocals, sort of finding your voice. And that's something that can take years for some people. And I've had a, a bunch of uh, specifically male guests that have sort of really struggled to sort of find that, find their natural tone, their natural voice. And like for me, I'm still finding it. Like I'm still sort of going through that journey. And I think that's cool to sort of, have that awareness that like, you know, there's no, I guess, I don't know if there's anything, I don't know if there's such thing as like the perfect voice or finding your perfect range, but there's, you know, there's methods to sort of get the best out of your voice, I guess. You know um, what I think really matters? Yeah. Is, I think what matters is uh, like when you sing, are you believable? Mm. Like, do you have something to say? Are you Can people connect with what you're saying? That matters more to me than perfect vocals. Most of my favorite songs and bands and artists, like I don't think they're, the best singers, but I think they're really good communicators. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100% agreed, 100% agreed. Um, let's focus on your music now as well because you've got the one single out at the moment, Warrior, which I was listening to before, really, really cool track. Um, let's dive into a bit of your songwriting process and, and maybe the journey behind. We can start off with this one, which, of course, has been released and is available to the public, it was released earlier this year. So how did uh, Warrior come about? Tell us about this track. This is like bloody like how do I say, you know when people release an app they they say they do like the beta phase or whatever they yeah. call it when they're just kind of testing things like yeah. Warrior was like that like I love the song I still think it's I I'm, I'm still happy to play it at gigs and all that like no cringe at all but like I just put barely any thought into the whole release behind that when it comes to writing it I put a shitload of thought into writing it. But releasing it, no, I just was like, hey, everyone, I wrote a song. But like mm. basically that's one of those songs where I think when I was doing uni in the final year or something, like I, I just came up with some of the lines in the chorus and they're pretty much the same as they are now. 
but I just couldn't like write a verse that felt good. Like everything that I was writing with the song just was found, sounded like horribly cliche to me. And so I just got sick of it and left it. And then, yeah, I think maybe last year sometime I found the voice memo with the, like the idea for the chorus. And I'm like, well, I like those lyrics. I like, you know, and I'm, I'd had a long break from songwriting. So mm. I think I was able to come back with, you know, fresh ears or something like that. And I think I, t- I tend to, uh, like my logical brain gets in the way of my songwriting. And I came back with, you know, fresh perspective and was able to, you know, finish the chorus. And then I was able to write some verses that I thought were, were good. And um, yeah, man, so that's kind of like how it came. I just really wanted to write um, like an complete song i don't want to just write a chorus and then the rest of it to just sound like it's there just to finish the song yeah no you mean yeah so it could be it could be a piece of shit song i don't know but i i like i like i like playing it that's like the test for me like i used to write songs and lyrics for whoever was in my band and i didn't really care as much about the lyrics because i wasn't the one singing them but nowadays i'm the one singing them I don't want to get up in front of a bunch of people and say something in a song that I don't really believe in. Mm. So if I feel good singing it, then that's usually the test. You know, that's, that's Mm. the song passes. If I feel good singing it, if I feel like a bit of cringe, then I just, I scrap it and it never sees the light of day. Or maybe, maybe my girlfriend hears it and she's like, (laughs) Oh, that's maybe not as good as your other songs. And that's, that's when I know, you know, move on. (laughs) So for your songwriting process, and you mentioned there sort of how you had a couple lines here and like the voice memo that you had from a while back. Yeah. Is, is there a process to your songwriting? It's, it's interesting sort of hearing from different people and sort of how it comes, like for some people it's quite random and quite spontaneous and they can't really plan it. Some people are quite structured in terms of the way they, you know, list out their ideas and sort of record things and, and the way they sort of put together, start putting together the songs. What is sort of a standard songwriting process look like for you or is there no such thing as a standard songwriting process for Brendan Hamilton um no there there is kind of the way I do it now is I'll usually get down on the guitar and I'll I might play something and I might be mucking around for you know half an hour and then I'll something will like catch my ear and I'm like oh that's kind of cool and I'll probably play that for a bit and then usually for me I'll try and write a chorus first mm. I'm like a I'm, I'm, I'm a chorus boy and um I, I feel like there's a lot of songs out there with decent verses and then the chorus is kind of a little bit of a letdown and yeah, yeah. not saying that I like I'm, I'm I'm a nobody I, what do I what do I know but that's just how I feel I'm like I want to get a good chorus and so I usually would just start like humming along and I'll just have a melody and I'll sort of develop the melody in my head and then I'll try and think of like you know what i think usually like the lyrical content will probably just come naturally if the song's meant to be i'll have an idea about what i probably should be singing about like it i feel like it should fit like the vibe of the melody so mm-hmm. i don't usually i i almost never will write down lyrics and then try and put a melody to it yeah i sort of do melody first try and get a good chorus first because then I find it much easier to, to write a, to build a, around a verse. Mm. I feel like verses are pretty easy. Choruses are hard. And so good chorus, yeah. So the guitar thing and then like the melody and then 
if I like the melody, I'll probably start thinking of lyrics that sort of feel like they fit the vibe. And then, and if I've got a good chorus, then the verses might start coming together. And a little thing that's worked well for me recently is I will usually write to the point where it starts to get irritating and then I'll just give it a break and then I'll make sure I record everything on a voice memo because mm. otherwise I'll probably forget it. Yeah. Sometimes I'll, I'll start the voice memo when I'm just humming along and trying to find a melody because sometimes I might do something that's, that I think is cool and I'll kind of forget it. But if it's on the voice memo, yeah, you can go I, back and find it. I can come back and find what the mm. hell I was doing because I might be in that sort of part of my brain that's not you know, really logical and I might do something that's a little bit different and I want to remember what that was. But usually these days I'll kind of write and then when I'm sort of all spent, I'll just finish for the day and then maybe the next day when I'm on a, you know, my mind's more fresh, I might go on a walk with the dog and then I'll get the voice memo out. And I'm like, oh, what the hell was I doing yesterday? I'll play it and that's usually when I'm able to like finish the song and yeah. like finish it and not be overly predictable so i can hear what i did yesterday i'm like ah i think i should do this this would probably not be as you know predictable as what i probably would have done yesterday Mm. that's kind of how i do it but i would you know i would love to do like more co-writing i'm just it's basically just me and my guitar and hopefully i'll you know meet some more musos who can probably help me get out of my head a bit more and so yeah i'm not (laughs) just like i'm not just like obsessed with just writing by myself it's just sort of how it is at the moment yeah, yeah. No, that's so good, man. And and the co-writing thing is actually something that I'm sort of dealing with at the moment. Not yeah. dealing with, but like it's something that I want to be doing more and I tend to struggle with at times because I'm very set in my own ways. I don't know if you get like that. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, obviously I've mentioned before sort of writing in bands, but sometimes like it's just sort of if I've got a sound in my mind, I can't sort of see myself going outside of that and that can sometimes be a little bit limiting. Um, yeah. I'd love but, to... Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, man. I'd no, love right. to hear, like, how do you do it? Like, how do you write a song? Yeah, for, I mean, for me, it's interesting because honestly, a lot of the songs that I've written, like I'm thinking about the ones from like the past, I guess, 12 months or so. And I sort of, I, I go through chunks where I'll write a lot of stuff, like like a really, there'll be a really concentrated time, you know, a time where I'll just smash out like a handful of songs, like five, six, seven songs in, the, in a matter of like a week or two. Yeah. And... And then I'll just won't write for like three, four months. I'll just like be completely off. And I've learned, and it's been like that for years now. And I've learned that's just sort of like the way I operate now. And I won't, I'll never, I'll never force it. Um, sometimes I can set myself up to do it. So if I actually sit down and like think, okay, I'm gonna try and write a song now and just sort of mess around, but I won't beat myself up if I don't come up with any like amazing ideas um, in that. But yeah, in terms of like lyrics and music, it, it's often like a musical idea, so like a guitar idea. And um, yeah, it's pretty similar to you, sort of like getting that voice member down and even like you said, sort of just, just hitting record and just like whether it's like 10, 20 minutes and just maybe there'll be some little golden nuggets in there. Mm. And then again, it, it seems, it's uh, it's it's same same with me and it seems a, bit, a lot of artists have said a similar thing will like have like a melody in mind sort of bouncing around and then they'll attach the words to that. Yeah it's very rare that you sort of have like lyrics written out almost like a poem and then you sort of build along that. Yeah, it's, it's weird. How, like I, my brain just doesn't work in that way. I've, I've, I, th- I think I've only done that a few times where I've had lyrics and then written the music to it. But it's, um, yeah, it's always different. And some of the songs have honestly ta- like taken years to write where I've like a couple of years later I've come back and like, oh, that's 
the second verse. Like, yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, it's all about just like never forcing it for me. That's just what I've learned. Um, yeah, it's yeah. interesting how a lot of songwriters end up using a similar process like what we're using where it's yeah. melody first and all that stuff. But like no one really, no one, <clears throat> no one ever told me that's how, how you do it. Mm. You don't have to write songs that way, but that seems to be a, a lot of people seem to write that way. They're like, yeah. yeah, I never knew. Like I just started writing songs, I think, because my music teacher said I should probably write some songs and I was like, cool. And then, mm. you know, I probably did everything wrong before I did <laughs> found out how it really works for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you're heading into the studio. You've, you've, you've mentioned to me yes. um, off air that Brendan Hamilton is heading into the studio. You're not meant to be talking about this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and feel free to reveal as much Cut. or as little <laughs> as you like. Um, but uh, it's, it's, it's always an exciting time getting into the studio. It's where we get to sort of take, it's going from, it's good. We're going from there sort of taking this chronological approach from the songwriting. And now we can talk about sort of the recording side of things. Um, how, how do you, how do you uh, approach a recording session? Are you, are you very uh, sort of, you're focused in the studio? Uh, are you perfectionist when it comes to recording? Yeah. Tell us about that sort of process for when it comes to recording stuff for, for you. I would say that this time around when I'm – my approach to this EP is probably going to borderline on perfectionism, yes. Mm. When I did Warrior, I was just like, let's just get this song out there. And honestly, like I, like, I wasn't very happy with the, like, the production um, of Warrior. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've told other people before, but like it's fine. But I felt like it was just very – like it was predictable. But I'm partly to blame for that because I didn't, um, like I should have been, you know, creating guitar parts before I went in there and I should have mm. had ideas that were more than, like all I really had when I went into the studio was like, you know, the the song, like the chords, the melody, the, you know, the structure and all that. But I didn't yeah. have, you know, lead guitar parts and ideas for extra production. So, mm. you know... I can see like I know I take some of the blame for that because that was my approach. I'm like, I don't want to give this a lot of investment right now because I don't know if I ever want to do it again. Mm. It's kind of like a demo really. Yeah. But I think the song was mixed well and it sounds like it sounds fine, but I just felt like, yeah, production-wise it was it was predictable, like the instrumentation and all that. Um, and so my approach now for the EP is I'm going to try my best to, you know, create some music that really represents me. Um and I want to be, you know, um, creative, but also a bit familiar with the sound. And so I will probably be going in there and I'll probably basically just know exactly how I want everything to sound. And that probably would never work in a band, but because I'm solo and uh, the producer, you know, I've worked with him before and he's a cool dude. Um, I think uh, that should be fine. But yeah, I'm probably, people who've been in a band with me before would probably say, yes, Brennan is definitely, you know, a perfectionist. Yeah. It's a it's a tricky thing to deal with, and I'm exactly the same. Being a perfectionist when it comes to recording stuff, and there's been many times where I've sat there hour after hour recording the same guitar part, the same like ten seconds of like a guitar look, a guitar lick that I'm just never happy with. Um, <laughs> it's it yeah it's it's a it's a tricky thing to cope with, and um, but overcoming that and and just sort of stepping back and 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 it's good when you can find people like producers and stuff that can they can help out and take over. Um, with that sort of thing. Um, so who, who are you working with, um, with when it comes to this recording? Is there a particular studio that you're, that you're working with? 
Well, yeah, providing like there's no lockdown that prevents me from working mm. at the studio. It's in um, in Newcastle. The producer's name's Reese. He runs Spinlight, Spinlight Recording Studio. So, yeah, I'm going to work with him. He's actually the one who mixed Warrior. So mm. he didn't, he wasn't doing, he didn't do the majority of the recording for Warrior. I did the vocals and the mixing with, uh, with Reese. And so, I'm, yeah, working with him on the, um, on the EP. And yeah, man, I, before I forget, um, one of the things that's really helped me, I don't know if this helps anyone who's listening, but yeah. I've, um, I've been figuring out the tempos for all the songs myself. Mm. So I've been, that's not easy. So I've, yeah, I've been figuring out the tempos and I'm such a perfectionist that I've like figured out the tempo, played the song to a voice memo. And then the next day I'll listen to it again to make sure it doesn't sound too fast yeah. or too slow. Yeah. Um, some songs are easier to find a tempo for than others, but I've been picking the tempos, um, been making sure my lyrics are right. And I've even like recorded the scratch tracks already. Mm. And for anyone who's never maybe been in a studio before, the scratch tracks basically just the the thing that you kind of will play along to when you're laying down the drums and then the bass and then the guitar. And then probably at some point you'll probably get rid of the scratch track because you don't need it anymore. But it's like a guide track. Mm. And so I've done that and that should save some time in the studio. And also because I've been playing along to the songs to a click now, um, I've learned that there were parts of the songs that I was speeding up and slowing down and that would have been quite frustrating in the studio if I hadn't already practiced to the click because then mm. I would have had, I would have been unrehearsed in the studio. So now hopefully when I get into the studio, we don't have to waste time on figuring out tempos and cre- creating a scratch track and then, yeah. and then hopefully I find it easier to record my parts because I have practiced them. I have created my, you know, my lead guitar parts and all these other ideas. So hopefully I've done my homework and I can go in there and we can actually be creative instead of just doing take after take after take because I suck. Like hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it's a bit more productive. We'll see. But it seems to be working well so far. Yeah, man. Preparation for the studio is such a massive thing because I, that, that, that's so good that you're doing all that stuff because that's what I've learned too. I've only had a few sort of, I guess, um, interactions with like sort of big studios and yeah, doing all those little things like creating tempos and, and what I did, what, what did I do last time? I like printed out like lyric sheets and chord sheets for all the songs and it was really helpful for the producer. Like mm. when we we're recording the vocal takes, he was able to go through and like highlight certain lines. I was like, this is great. And, and I asked him, I was like, does like other artists generally do this? He's like, no, not really. Like you're like really organized. It's like, oh, cool, nice. So, um, wow. man, it's such it's so important, I think, to, and it just helps the process as well. Just going through the studio because it can at times be stressful. Not always, but especially if you're on like a time limit and and if and if money's sort of like yeah, just all those factors come into play. Um, it can be a high pressure situation. Um, but I also wanted to talk about sort of releasing this, uh, releasing a body of work, which is exciting because. It's, it's, it's cool because I'm releasing my EP. Um, well, the, from the time of this recording, I'm releasing it in a couple of days, but it'll probably be already out by the time this podcast comes out. But um, this, so that you are, you're, you're definitely recording an EP. Was that, did you have that set in your mind a while back to sort of, um, you, did you have like a, a batch of songs that sort of felt like they would click really well in an EP? Or yeah, how did you come to that decision to do an EP? Yeah. Yeah, I, so I, I've been getting some feedback from 
um, various people that, you know, it's, they listen to my music and they're like, it sounds like you've got a body of work here. And I heard that thrown around a few times and, I, and then you know, I thought, I really just want to get more bloody songs on Spotify. Mm. And like, man, I could talk forever about this, but like I, I did this like random covers gig a while ago where I was sent out to, where is it? It's a Dungog or somewhere like that. I don't know. It was out there and it was like an hour drive on a Friday and I showed up and I found that I was basically going to be playing music for um, women who were probably the ages between 60 to 70 who were upset, like you write into, like they, they were knitting enthusiasts. Wow. So it's basically like <laughs> a knitting <laughs> event. And so I'm doing, and like they were so friendly, but I'm basically playing music in the the backyard of this um this shop in this beautiful country town that basically sells knitting supplies and they're doing like an open day, I guess. And all these women were um, in the backyard and they had, you know, um, picnics and they were sitting, you know, in the sun and knitting and I was playing music for them. And I was wow. thinking this, I never would have thought I would be here, um, but they were so nice. But then this, you know, a few of them started really paying a lot of attention to my um, music, which is really nice. And one of them just said to me, you know, I wish you had more songs on Spotify. You just got one song. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I, shit. I really need some songs on Spotify, don't yeah. I? And <laughs> and then like, you know, that kind of popped in my head a few months later. And I'm like, if I just keep doing singles, then when am I going to have like at least five songs on Spotify for mm. people? Like, I don't think I'm going to be someone whoever writes a song that's just a smash. Like, I don't think I'm that guy who's going to write a, you know, um, like bad guy by, by Billie Eilish or some sort of you know dance monkey or something yeah. like that. it's just not going to happen like I don't think right. that's me I, I feel like a lot of my favorite artists and bands are more like of a body of work like I mm. feel like I really listened to a lot of Matchbox 20 growing up and I felt like they were a band that didn't really have like a yeah like a a dance monkey sort of smash hit but they mm. had consistency and I really liked consistency and so yeah, that's kind of I just man, and I'm 33 and I'm not I'm not that old, but I feel like I'm old and I think life's short and I want to get some of my music out there. You never know what could happen. And yeah, man. like I don't know. I when I was 21, I never would have thought that way. But at 33, I'm like, I've been writing these songs. Some of these songs are like two or three years old now. I just need to get them out there. Let's just mm. do a bloody EP and I can release um some singles off it as well. So Let's just do an EP. It's not like the cool thing to do right now. Like it seems like most people are just like smashing the singles out. But I like, I don't know. What about you? Yeah. What, you, what about you, man? Yeah, man. I, I think the biggest thing, like what I was thinking of there is just having the awareness of sort of what sort of artist you want to be. Hmm. And like you're saying, there are some artists out there that, that, that don't do the big singles that aren't able to do that. And it's all about that body of work. And sometimes those artists have the most dedicated fan bases because that's mm. when they can really sort of dive into a big album. There's all sorts of, you know, the themes that sort of are intertwined throughout the album are so intricate. Intricate, Like I think of like some of Taylor Swift stuff, um, John Mayer's, some of John Mayer's albums, the way that they tie together really nicely. And mm. yeah, yeah, it's an interesting thing. I, I think for me, it's, I'm sort of finding that balance too. Like, so basically last year I was operating under a different name, Atlas Eyes, and I sort of had a slightly different sort of image. And I was sort of just doing the single thing, just like single, single, single every like few months or so. And it was cool, but I was like, I just want to have like an EP there as like a, just like a, a, a base point just to work from, just to have that there at least. And then to start working up from there. 
Um, and, so, and that's why I came to this decision when I changed my, my name to, to Lockie just a few months ago. And I was like, you know what? I've started this new project. I'm just going to take it. I'm basically taking these songs that I had under Atlas Eyes plus a new one and just putting it all out and being like, cool, this is my body of work. And I actually realized, this is interesting, I realized this after the fact, but all the songs tie in quite nicely in terms of their themes. They all re- represent um, like really like sort of youthful themes, like teenage love, stuff like that, like growing up, self-discovery. And I was like, great, this is cool. This is going to be my debut EP. But um, but yeah, just the self-awareness to know. like, And because and, and, obviously in today's day and age, singles is sort of the way to go. I mean, like most music people seems to, to suggest that, that you should be releasing singles. But, you know, you can do whatever you want in this day and age, you know. You can release whatever you like. You could do, a, you know, an album every year if you wanted to. Um, I also, just, yeah. like, I wonder, I get part of my motivation as well, like, I want to play shows and I want people to actually know my songs. Yeah. And if, if I've got an EP with five songs and if I get up and I play eight songs or something, at least people have the opportunity where that they can actually be familiar with the majority of the songs I play if they want to be. Mm. I don't, 100%. you know, how do you, how do you develop like that, that vibe where people know all the songs and all your lyrics if, you know, you've only got, you know, you, you've got like three singles on Spotify and you've been around mm. for two years. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. And it's yeah. With your EP, you're just dropping it, aren't you? You're not doing any singles before it, or yeah. It, it was an interesting thing because because I had released, as I mentioned, so three of the four songs were released as singles under my old name. It felt sort of weird to do that process again of mm-hmm. like single, wait a few months, single, and I've got all this back catalog of really good music that I really want to share. And I was like, I, I don't want to waste any more time with just sort of like doing it, like releasing these again. I was like, look, a, a bunch of my fans sort of already know these songs. I'll just put them with the EP with this new track. So it's still sort of a new release. feels like a new, right. new release at least. And I just wanted to get onto this new music as well because I've, I've got so much of a back catalog sort of like ready to go, like to start recording and releasing that as well. And so, yeah, yeah that was the idea moving forward. Um, with this one, but cool. yeah, it's always an exciting time releasing music. Nevertheless, yeah. yeah man. Well, maybe EPs are okay because I think John Mayer just released an EP, so maybe it's becoming cool. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Whatever John does, whatever John does, he's yeah, uh, we will follow. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey man, thanks so much for taking the time out to chat on the podcast. Um, it's been so great, sort of hearing about your different experiences, everything from songwriting to recording, and um, I hope everything with recording the upcoming EP goes well. Yeah, me too. Thanks, man. Same for you. And I will um, be watching for this EP release. So uh, likewise, man, when, when when you come out with a release, I'll make sure to share it around. And um, actually, that reminds me, you can find all of Brendan's links. I'll make sure to have um, all of your social media links and everything down in the description. So if you want to check out Brendan's stuff, he's got a single out right now called Warrior and the new EP, hopefully somewhere along the line as well. Um, once again, Brendan, thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thanks, man.